0: PR Connections Radio presents. Hi, everybody. Welcome to PR Connections Radio. We have someone we're going to be interviewing today. She's going to tell us a little bit about herself. Her name is Christine Bullard, and she's going to be telling us a little bit more
1: about herself. Go ahead. Hi, I'm Christine Bullard with Alpha 2 Realty and Property Management.
0: And what else would you like us to know specifically right now about you? Do you like, what are your hobbies, Christine? What are your likes, dislikes?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am a native of Las Vegas, um, second generation. And so I've been here my whole long life. I went to Bonanza High, which all Natives know, every, the first thing you ask is which high school did you go to? And it was when Bonanza first opened. I was the first class of at, of Bonanza High.
0: Were you born in Vegas? Yes. Oh my God, me too.
1: Me Look too, but well, you're younger than me. <laughs> it doesn't matter, we're both <laughs> unicorns. Yes, indeedy. Yep, I'm a graduate of UNLV Business and Marketing um, oh, cool. and I've been, I've been here my entire life.
0: Oh, uh, you, you were, at, you know, you know, was, has been here for so long. Did you go to CSN too? Did I did it? for
1: my first year. Yeah. Get I mean, the basics out of the way. Of course.
0: I remember taking my first business one oh one course at CSN. Uh-huh. It, was, it was always fun. I love CSN and, you now they kind of coincide. They work together. Yeah. Um, Cause they're the only university. Oh, and no, I think there's Nevada state college as well. That, there is um, yeah yep. did, i went there too i think at one point but that's cool that you got your um, uh, you got your bachelor's or is it is it, is it a different
1: bachelors degree? okay mm-hmm. yep and i'm a lifetime unlv alum so i'm
0: a lifetime oh, member
1: that. of the alumni association
0: did, did you guys for those of you guys who don't know there's actually some more uh certificate courses out there these days now Uh, like uh there's a marketing certificate course there's a business certificate course if you're ever interested in doing something and you don't have time to get the whole degree you can totally do that speaking of which you told us that you do real realtor service realtor real Ah, how do you say it again realtor you're real you're a realtor doing real things all right that's what i'm gonna say
1: okay (laughs) Yes. So I have been a full-time realtor for 23 years. I am the broker owner of my company, Alpha 2 Realty. I inherited it from my mother-in-law. I had been in retail management for over 20 years and um, just decided I couldn't keep doing it until I got as old as I am now. Uh, Retail in Las Vegas is a nighttime job. So all of the big malls are on the strip. And you're working late every night, if you're in retail there. So I was looking for yeah. something else, and my mother-in-law um, owned the company, and I inherited it.
0: You you've been here for a while, so you kind of saw how Vegas has grown as well, because because you've been mm-hmm. working in the business for a long time. You said, like I think you it said it said that you were um, in the business. You told me you were in the business for. 20 years or so? Uh,
1: Yes. I've been the broker owner for 20 years. I've been a realtor for 23. So you need to be an active agent for a minimum of of two years to qualify, to be a broker. So I um, took the continuing ed that was needed and you had to have a degree. So I had that part already done and became the broker owner of the company. Oh, that's good to know. I didn't know that part with the degree part.
0: Yeah. um, And. I think like, because Vegas at the beginning, it wasn't as big as you got older, you started realizing there's a lot more going on. And then it became a little, it became mm-hmm. harder because there was a lot more stuff to do at that point. Right. And exactly. what inspired you to be, to become a broker uh, owner of Alpha 2?
1: Um, well, I, when I was in retail, so my husband was asking me today, so why did you go into real estate? And it's right. because someone at who, was, who worked at the company I worked for told me he thought I'd be good as a realtor. And his son had just gotten a job with a builder, and he thought that I would be good at it. So uh, I started looking into it because I knew I already had an in with my mother-in-law. Um, she wasn't offering me any jobs. She thought it was a hard job and that the... You know it's not a paycheck you have to yeah. work and it's all commission 100 percent commission so she viewed it as hard and i'd always been a paycheck had a job kind of girl so um she didn't actually encourage it but once i started showing that i really wanted to do it then she brought me in you know in the company so when she passed away i basically was going to have to go work for someone else or pull up my bootstraps and my own boss for the company so that's what i did
0: did you also were you part of a down payment assistance program back then
1: as well or um down payment assistance programs have been around for a long time and um they really i don't uh, they've just really taken their there's always been the um teacher next door program and the cop next door program so you could buy a home from hud that had been foreclosed on and basically those are in neighborhoods that might need some people that are community members and leaders to be living in the neighborhood and so that's the program that piqued my interest i come from a family of teachers my whole family is teachers and um I thought it was a good program because you got in basically with down payment assistance from housing and urban development for HUD and you could get a deal on a house. They were always fixer uppers and they were always in a less desirable neighborhood, but they were encouraging neighborhood community growth. So that's what started it. And then I um The program started coming to me. Oh, have you heard of this? Have you heard of that? And all of them require an additional amount of classes to learn about them. Mm -hmm. Um, The Home is Possible program is the one that has stuck right now. It has um, stood the test of time. It is a state one. There are others. There's a rural one, but it's not available in Las Vegas because it's not, you know, rural. There are... um, it just depends. Some of them are city specific. Like if you you know, want to live in Henderson, then that would be a separate one. There's a culinary grants program. There's So depending where you work, where you live, where you want to live, those kinds of things, those programs are out there. All of them do need good credit and a certain amount of income. So you're going to need those things. In order to qualify for a loan, because you're still qualifying for a loan, they're just helping out with the down payment, which is hard to do. Mm, so that's the hardest part of
0: um, for potential home buyers. That's the hardest part of getting one is qualifying for it, right? For a
1: lot of people, it is. While you're you know working and paying rent and all of the other things, and with inflation the way it has been, they um, have just being able to get that assistance is very helpful. So, and you and you've helped a lot of people uh, with that
0: the getting their down payment assistance yes. program. Um can you uh w- w- can you tell me is it because, you know, I think it's because you said you come from a family of teachers. So mm-hmm. that I think that maybe it, was your mother
1: a teacher, by the way? I'm just no, My dad and my grandparents both taught here, in, taught here in Las Vegas. My dad taught at Rancho End at Chaparral. Um, my grandfather taught at Las Vegas High, and he was the last civilian teacher off of Nellis Air, Air Force Base after the war. And my grandmother taught at Crestwood Elementary. So a lot of the elementary school kids that I know went to Crestwood Elementary.
0: Yeah, I love that. I, it shows that you know how to go like how to not mm-hmm. if you're coming from a family of teachers mm-hmm. and you're able to help others get their DPA um, and explain to them what they need because they're going to need to qualify for it. So, yeah, having you lead them through that um, and being able because mm-hmm. one, they got to know what it what what it is. That's number one. And mm-hmm. number two, how does it work? They got to know how mm-hmm. that works, too. Then they got to figure out what they need to do to qualify for it. So there's a lot of steps and teaching that goes in, that's involved in that really. I think that maybe you've got some of those traits and skills from your family um, as well. If you were going to share a story of how someone that you've assisted through the DPA program, like what story do you think you can share that showcases the importance of the program, but also, um, but, but also, you know, what, what people can do to get part of it or be part of it or what we should watch out for
1: okay first of all okay so because i do property management i um as a property manager i represent the owners and i'm finding qualified tenants for them in this case the owner needed to sell his investment property the tenant her her boyfriend and the um i think they had three kids at the time were we're doing okay. She was doing okay. And so their credit was, was good enough to qualify for a loan, but this came at them like in a surprise, you know, I'm sorry, but the owner needs to sell. I'm giving you 60 day notice. So that's 60 day notice. So because her credit was in line and her, she had been at her job for two years, but she wasn't planning on buying a house. She was happy where she was. So we got her, The down payment assistance program, she qualified, she had the credit, she had the job, she had the income, but she just didn't have the down payment. And we got her into a house. So instead of staying in a rental, we got them into a house that they owned and they could start earning equity in that house for the generational wealth. And as we know, rents have gone up. She got in and her payment's going to stay the same. She's not going to have to worry about the landlord changing The price up to meet the demands of, of the way expenses are right now, you know, utilities have gone up. Yeah. So that is like, that's, that's a good one because she was totally taken by surprise. She was the primary breadwinner for the family and it all worked out great.
0: That's awesome. Do you think that you can uh, tell us a little bit about the focus on residential sales and property management and the strategies that you found are most effective in helping clients buy or sell their homes
1: the strategies <laughs> okay they um i do this i do have a lot of first-time home buyers that i meet from being in property management but i also have a lot of friends and um i think the thing that really struck me of course i'm pro woman owned because i'm a woman but a lot of my friends their mothers are widowed divorced and they're getting by on a small amount of money. And my okay. friends have been in the positions where they're having to help them with their rent. And my goal is to not have any friends of my generation in that position um, where their kids are having to help them, where that they have a house, where they can have a home for their kids and grandkids to come to and visit that is theirs, where the mortgage payment is affordable, where they're not being outpriced of the market. That's my goal. I don't want that to see. I don't want anybody else to see that happen to their parents. You know, it's I mean, mom. Yeah, that's
0: understandable. Yeah. Right. We
1: don't nobody. I don't want to see anybody going through that. <laughs> right. Right. And I mean, and I've, I've had a lot where they're helping their their moms who thought they'd be prepared, but
0: right. they're not.
1: The prices have gone up further than their income. And if they were a homeowner, it wouldn't be as shocking. And um,
0: what, what advice do you have for people out there watching that can prevent this from happening or notice it, that it's occurring um, in general?
1: Um, I want everybody to know that the programs are out there to help people become homeowners that qualify to be homeowners. If someone has, if they have regular income consistently every month, then um, it would be better to help build wealth and equity on a home that you own than to be a renter. You know, some people are moving around for their jobs. Some people, and you know, that it's not going to be cost effective if you're paying moving costs and all of that stuff. It's just not. But if it is good for generational wealth to own a home.
0: It's good that you know a lot about it because you've been doing it for so long. So mm-hmm. you're the perfect person to come to if anybody out there ha- needs any assistance with any of these mm-hmm. issues or, or thinking about getting involved in buying a house or selling a house or getting a DPA. So I, I love that you're, you're able to share that knowledge with us and just think about thinking about if we're in that situation, how do we get out or if we're right. trying to get into it, how do we get in? Um, right. How do you because you talk about residential sales? Do you you know anything about property management? Do you work with property management? And then then what challenges do you commonly encounter in both of those two areas?
1: Um, So I am a property manager, which to be a property manager, you need to be a licensed agent with two years of experience in order to get the property manager permit. So it's not something where you can just go, you wouldn't be a licensed property manager without having a real estate license and the property manager permit. And mostly that's because you're handling other people's money. I am handling the security deposits for the tenants and I'm handling the rents for the owners. So it is monitored by the state. And that's why there is an extra level of permit involved with your licensing part. Um, So I would, I would encourage everybody, if you're in a position to invest in anything, to invest in another home. The way that many people do it, including myself, is I had my starter home. And when we had enough equity in that home and we were saving our money too, but you know, when you look back at a mortgage payment from 20 years ago and what a mortgage payment is today, it's so much more today. So we turned our first, our starter home into a rental and moved on to the bigger house that we wanted. You know, We had our list of things that we wanted in our dream house and um, we went out looking and that's what we did. We turned our starter home into a rental and I can help anybody do that. (laughs) It does take a little bit of gumption and education on how to do it. And a lot of talking with a mortgage lender because not everybody's gonna have that house paid in full. But if a lot of people right now, uh, 80% of the population in the United States has a mortgage payment below 4%. So that is great because right now, interest payments on your mortgage are over six, and they're in the high sixes. Right. And in November, they hit 8%. So every nobody wants to give up on their house that has such a low interest payment for the mortgage. Some people have them in the twos, the threes, and that kind of thing. And no one wants to give it up, but maybe the house that they're in now doesn't meet their needs anymore. And so with COVID, what COVID taught a lot of people is they need a bigger house or they need a home office. Four bedroom homes are selling quicker than three bedroom homes because of that, because people need a home office and it can be the guest room home office or whatever, but they need that little bit of extra room to be able to do a zoom call in that isn't in the middle of the kitchen. So, um, they but they don't want to give up the house because the interest rate's so good and the payment's so great. And so, if you can make it work out, if that house is no longer meeting your needs, and as interest rates hopefully go down a little bit over this year, I think it would be the time to keep the house and see what you can do to get into the house that really suits you better.
0: That's great advice. And I, I just love how much you do for the community, not only by educating us about real, you know, real being a realtor, but also about home buying sales what we should do with our homes how we should mm-hmm. what we should like you just gave us amazing advice go buy a second home if you can or figure it yeah, out well, there's this good advice obviously not everybody can do that but you can work towards mm-hmm. getting there and right. that's for in part because anybody can can do it if you just put your mind to it you just got to set your mind to it right um, speaking of community involvement Can you tell me a little bit more about your involvement
1: with the Junior League of Las Vegas? Yes, I'd love to. I've mentioned that I was in retail management before. And with that company, which was the Disney company, we did a lot of volunteering. So um, we did walks. We got together on all kinds of things. And then when I'm out on my own, I didn't have the camaraderie and I didn't have um, really a focus for my spare time, which when you're working for yourself, you don't have a lot of spare time, but you got to do things that help your soul. So I want—I was looking for that. And as many things, I put it out to my aunts, my uncles, my family here in town. And I said, you know, I think I want to do something with Junior League. Junior League had an ad in the paper, and my aunt, who still got the paper, um, cut it out and sent it to me she's like, oh, they're, they're doing membership for the Junior League. I didn't know. I mean, I have a group of friends here in town. I've been here my whole life, but I didn't know a single person in Junior League. So I went by myself and that was 13 years ago. I've been a member of them ever since. And of course, they're always wow. for leadership positions and that kind of thing. And I, I just am a member, but I love what the Junior League stands for. And the Junior League, is a, it's a group of, number one, it's a women's organization, but it's a group of trained, trained volunteers. And they start off by training you by doing the work. Um, right. There is a certain amount of shifts that you have to work. Um, and by doing those shifts, that's how you're learning. The, then the trained volunteers, which there's different committees and things like that, Uh, We'll get lots of opportunities to come and like three square come and do three square at help of Southern Nevada. They have the Shannon West Youth Center and Junior League was instrumental in getting their building built. And we do the Thanksgiving bag drive where this year they bagged up. I didn't work the shift. They're bagged up over 2000 bags of groceries. And we all know that those. The food for that is coming from the community, but the weekend before all of those canned goods are sorted and put together in the bags to hand out to the people that need them that have signed up for this way in advance through Help of Southern Nevada. So when you see, you can see that it's a big community effort to raise the food, to gather the food, to put it in the bags, to get it to, to the community that needs them. Um, doing shifts. I know a lot of nonprofits do shifts at Three Square. That's something they always do, the backpack program and those kinds of things. Um, Junior League has been instrumental in starting projects. So, the first Ronald McDonald House, I know they're working on the second one, but the first Ronald McDonald House, uh, a committee for the Junior League was instrumental in getting it started. So, the Junior League starts projects, finds a need in the community. Gets a project going, but we don't work there forever. It's now the Ronald McDonald House nonprofit, and they wow. they do their own. There's many, many. I can't I can't come up with them off the top of my head, but there's many programs that ju- the Junior League works on. The focus and the focuses change for the Junior League. Um, when I started, it was mostly about women and children and elementary school age children and helping them in ways that we could. Drives, education. I, I can't even remember everything that they did. But now there's a lot of things that, there, those nonprofits are in the community now. They've been adopted by the community, and there's people doing like Goody Two Shoes is something you know for um, shoes and Girls on the Run. Right. We volunteered right. with all of those programs. Our time to get things going. And so this year, the focus is on human trafficking, and it's a big issue in our town. Mm -hmm. And it has been going on, you know, for I've done volunteer shifts with other organizations to help with those things like halfway houses and that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. um, it is a needed thing. And it's a focus that needs more more attention this year. And so the Junior League has that's their focus this year.
0: I love how the project initiatives that you were part of and just like exist in general with the Junior League, they they always leave a lasting impact on the Mm -hmm. community, um, showing like long term impacts. Like you just talked about Ronald McDonald, how that grew, Mm -hmm. you know, and then all the other programs. And now you guys are working on human
1: trafficking. Hopefully that decreases over time. So in all fairness, I am now a sustainer. So which means you've you've timed out, you can choose to time out. Many people will stay in longer. But the amount of hours that you need to do as an active member, I'm like, oh, cool, I can go, you know, do the book club and those kinds of things. Um, that's, That's what I do. So basically, as a sustaining member, you're involved, but I don't have to work the shifts. I can work the shifts, but I don't have to.
0: Well, that's because that's, yeah. I know that you've been with them for so long, but you were there at least for 13 years. You've been working on a lot mm-hmm. of different events, doing a lot of things, obviously, because look at how much you've shared with us about what, all of your involvement that you've been part of. So thank nice. you for everything that you've done for the community um, and, and given your time and volunteerism. Thank you for that. And thank you for sharing with us on how we can get involved uh, with that specific organization as well.
1: Yeah, there's there's pick your pick which, you you know, touches your heart and give some time to it and you'll feel so much better. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. That's actually Mm -hmm. true. because Whenever you get
0: involved in something, you always get back something to you're learning something new or you're meeting new people. It's beautiful. And um, speaking of which, you were volunteering, you do real, you're a realtor, you're teaching. you're juggling juggling a successful real estate business and you're active in the community. So that has to require a lot of time management. So how do you balance your professional and your personal life currently that you could advise us
1: if we were to do the same, how can we do that? Um, uh, Some of it is learning to say no. Oh yeah. (laughs) Right, Right, some of it is learning to say no. And um, I'm sure everybody in business has their business goals and their personal goals every year. But um, I mean, I, as a property manager, of course, I'll have a sign out for rent, for lease, that kind of thing. And I'll get calls and they'll say, well, can you help me find a place? And I can't do that. I can't spend my day driving people around to go look at places that are for rent. Right. I show my places that I, under my property management for rent, but I don't do that. Um, things like that. I have to say no to, to that.
0: Yeah. Job. And it makes sense. It makes sense. Cause you have, you have your own goals you have to accomplish. So you can't, unless you've accomplished your goals and you have the extra time and the energy, then go ahead say yes. But if it's right. something that's going to possibly get in the way, cause you have to put yourself first. And just like if you have a class, you would say no, if someone said, hey, do you want to go to class or do you want to come help me? It's like, hey, I got to go to class, <laughs> I right. class exactly. for my future growth mm-hmm. and career. Speaking of future growth, uh, do you have any future
1: plans coming up um, or any goals that you'd like to share with us? Um, during the past two years, I've had some property managers sell their their investment properties. So I'm trying to get my investment portfolio that I manage bigger. Um, just because that's something that I think everybody should, should do is, you know, increase their portfolio and let me manage it for them. Um, also the inventory has been very low in Las Vegas, number one, because interest rates were so low. So nobody wants to sell. And, um, but if it's not meeting your needs and you're not in a position to do something with it, please sell it, put it out there for the world to buy. There are a lot of vacant homes in this town as well. And getting to the people that should sell those homes because I want them to, so there's more inventory (laughs) would be great. (laughs) So those are my goals is to sell more homes and to manage more properties.
0: And is that your uh, vision of continuing to make the positive impact in the real estate industry? Yes. Oh, I love that. Looking ahead, um, do you see any future plans for Alpha 2 Realty?
1: Um, that's basically it. Just to um, s- sell more homes, buy and okay. sell more homes, and manage more properties. Okay, okay. I, I do, wasn't sure if they were linked or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do have um, a full-time member of the team of Bullard, the Bullard Group, and um, a part-time member. And then I have my little property management division that handles all the maintenance calls. So uh, growing that to, you know, to be bigger is my goal. All
0: right. And if anybody watching wants to get a hold of you, how mm-hmm. could they get a hold? Is it going to be that phone number in the background?
1: Yes, it'll be <laughs> that phone number, which is my cell or alpha2realty.com. Oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, you know your business is old when it has Roman numerals on it and it doesn't relate when you're putting it on a website. It, alpha little i little i doesn't come off the same on a website. So it's alpha number 2 realty.com. Oh, okay.
0: I'm mm-hmm. glad you you said that cuz if they don't <laughs> see
1: the links, then they're going
0: to Yeah. Go, what yeah. Are yeah, it's not on the You're going to get a lot on. of calls. Yeah um yeah. thank you so much for today thank you for thank sharing you boss, your huh? perspectives and thank you very much christine i really appreciate your time that you put into to speaking with us today and teaching us about what we can do to get that next step going because like you said it's been hard getting houses these days especially with yep. the economy and its state so thank you for your time and uh is oh is there anything else you'd like to say before we head out and no any, oh, like about your website. What can we find on your website?
1: Uh, You can meet the team. You can see my listings. You can find out information about the Valley. You can sign up to be on our search list. If you are looking for homes, you can contact us.
0: All right, I love it. Okay. (laughs) Thank you, Christine. Thank Thank you everybody for watching. I really appreciate it. And we will see you guys next time. PR Connections Radio thanks you for watching this podcast. Check out more episodes of this show and our others at PRConnectionsRadio.com.